Hey everybody, what's up? Welcome in to another episode of Real Sports Talk by Naraj. Hope you're all doing well. It's Friday, April 16, 2021. Weekend is here. Let's go. Uh, today's episode, I want to get into a couple of things that um, you know are happening and you know talk about some of the things that are going to happen coming up in the sports world. Uh, a lot to get into, uh, but for today's episode, I'm going to focus on a couple of things. One, I'm going to talk about, you know, what to, you know, what to expect from the NFL draft and some of the some of the prospects that aren't that high, but maybe under the radar and have a chance to do well. And I'll specifically talk about the quarterbacks that I feel are under the radar. Um, and have a chance to maybe become a starter um, in the NFL at some point. And in addition to that topic, I also will get into a little bit of the WNBA draft that took place last night. Talk about some of the players that were taken by their respective teams and what may happen with the WNBA season getting to start around May 15, I believe. So again, those two things in a little bit short of a while. So, in this segment, I want to get into the WNBA a little bit and the draft that took place yesterday. Now, you know, most people probably aren't able to follow as much along with the WNBA. Um, You know, because there's obviously a lot of things going on uh, overall in terms of just, uh, you know, players obviously, you know, changing teams or coaches being able to work around i do know though that you know the wnba obviously was able to have the bubble in their last you know regular um season was you know it was a unique one we saw the seattle storm become wnba champions and you know there's been so many great players um over the years in the wnba um you know like sue bird and maya moore you know diana tarossi you know, Aguamike, you know, the sisters. So there's always been a great amount of talent in the WNBA, and they've continued to evolve and push for a lot of things, uh, including, you know, more equal rights and, and the kind of treatment that they, they deserve because they are uh, world-class athletes that do a tremendous job um, putting on a great product, but not only doing that, but also being able to use their platforms to push social causes um, and reforms and initiatives just like most of the NBA players do and around the sporting world. So, you know, it's always great to see uh, more and more young talent come to the WNBA from college basketball. And this was a very unique college basketball season uh, just for a lot of reasons, you know, being able to have a you know champions crowned um, was special in his own right, and a lot of teams that played in the March Madness tournament really showed out. Uh, some of the seniors really flashed, and now their dreams come true. This last night, the WNBA draft took place, um, and it was a significant one um, in the sense that you know a lot of a lot of players 
um, that were projected to go a certain way, either went in the middle or high. Um, but a lot of teams do have to reload and and you know strategize and, and put together you know their rosters like the NBA players. And so I believe the 2021 WNBA season is set to begin. I believe on May 15 or sorry May 14, um, and I think they they will accommodate uh, for a you know a month long break for the Olympics, which you know I, I will get into that. Uh, hopefully um, before I do depart for travel later this summer um, but you know that's coming it's on the horizon the Olympics and when that will start so you know it's going to be unique to see how everything plays out uh, but yeah the season's going to get started May 14 uh, the number of games that are already on the schedule that a lot of uh, WNBA you know basketball fans probably have their eyes on um, and it's going to be unique to see how it all goes down. So yesterday in the WNBA draft, um, the Dallas Wings took Charlie Collier, uh, number one overall pick, you know, a junior from the Texas Longhorns, and she is somebody who uh, was really touted as a, as a high draft pick, and she went number one. Special to see that, obviously, knowing her history. Uh, being at Texas where, you know, Kevin Durant, um, you know, that's his alma mater. So it was really nice to see um, that moment for her, maybe to draft it by the Dallas Wings to stay right there at home. Um, and that was unique and special to see a very good player that is versatile in scoring and defending. She's got great size and strength for a center, so she will definitely do well. And Dallas definitely hit on the right pick to start off the NBA WNBA draft. You know, someone who has that size and that strength, you know, at 6'5", uh, about 19 double-doubles. She is going to really help um, the Dallas Wings find their way to be at least in the conversation uh, for the WNBA playoffs, possibly, when they, you know, when it gets going. Because I think she's definitely that caliber of a player that can really uh, get it done with the right amount of coaching. And Texas has a tremendous basketball program that's been on the upswing uh, for quite some time. And this will definitely help them be more of a contender. Or, you know, it'll definitely help the Dallas Red Wings be more of a contender, um, you know, in the WNBA uh, postseason potentially. Now, in addition to the Dallas Wings taking Charlie Collier, they also took um, Iwike uh, Fuer, and Iwike Fuer becomes the first player um, from Finland to suit up in the WNBA. So, you know, the first player drafted from Finland. Um, And on that note, I mean, eight international players were drafted in the very first round of the WNBA draft, um, or eight players, international players were selected in the WNBA draft, three of them were selected, selected in the first round. So it is great to see the international players also get an opportunity to be selected. And for, for a week, uh, for Weyer, who's also a center, uh, she's very, uh, got a great story behind her that I think a lot of people should read up on the undefeated. Uh, she's got a great shooting range. She can make plays off the dribble. Um, you know, Dallas is going to have to find a creative way to use both of their 
new draft players on their roster. Um, but she's a very unique story. Um, you know, search her up, number two pick in the WNBA draft. Um, Ayuk Ferrer, I think is her name. I'm mispronouncing that, sorry, but I think that's her name. Um, and so she definitely, um, along with Charlie Collier, are going to um, help the Dallas Wings be a better team, um, but also contend possibly in the future. You know, so you look at that, that was nice to see. Uh, the Atlanta Dream drafted Ari McDonald. Now, I've been talking about Ari McDonald a lot um, leading up to the March Madness, uh, the Women's March Madness final. Um, and she's such a unique player that had a great run in the tournament, uh, putting up, you know, incredible games back to back. You know, they got some upsets, and Arizona made a pretty good run, uh, you know, with her in charge. And, you know, she did tremendous things all the way through. Um, you know, so she's going to be coming to the Atlanta Dream, and uh, she's a very good defender. She's going to. Uh, definitely help uh, Atlanta be a really good offensive team, I think, this year. Um, and she definitely will boost them in, in building up a program that uh, can you know, get it done, can play well. And so I'm excited to see how she does uh, when she gets going there for the Atlanta Dream. The Minnesota Lynx got shooting forward... Um, I think Demia Davis uh, or Renema Davis. I think Renema Davis is her name from Tennessee. Uh, the Minnesota Lynx obviously have had um, you know a great run in terms of the amount of prospects they have gotten over the years and drafted. And so you know Renema Davis, uh, she's somebody who is going to hopefully help and do the kind of things that. Uh, Maya Moore used to do for, for the Minnesota Linux or at least be somewhat like that but all, we all know that most of the players that come into the WNBA or even the NBA itself like everybody has their own unique way and she's a great shooting forward that uh, can develop into a great shooter with consistency um, it's all about how does Minnesota incorporate her and get her to up to speed but she is a solid player that uh, I think we'll do well, um, you know, once she gets acclimated and gets some more consistency there in Minnesota. And finally, the New York Liberty got Michaela on uh, year from UCLA. A uh, very good player um, that can help turn the New York Liberty around. The New York Liberty have had a, a rough go as of late. Uh, they obviously did not, did not have the best record. They did not have the best record last year. They really struggled to get it going um, and, and play well. Uh, injuries play a little bit part in that as well. But you know they get they get someone Michaela on a weir who can average uh, you know about 19 points a game. Very explosive, um, and there is some really good talent that is there in New York on uh, the Liberty program. Um, you know, Natasha Howard. Uh, and there's also one more player that I'm, I'm thinking of right now that I can't remember her name. But the New York Liberty do have some good pieces on their roster. Uh, and they definitely need to be better this upcoming WNBA season. Uh, we expect a lot from our 
uh, New York teams. Uh, I know I do. Um, and so hopefully the Liberty can find a way to kind of knock off that bad season they had in the bubble um, and find a way to be much better and more competitive looking with the new players they have. But in general, the WNBA draft was uh, exciting. There were a lot of... Um, there were a lot of trades that took place in the WNBA draft. Teams went up and down getting picks. Uh, the Seattle Storm selected a very good player that a lot of people, um, I can't remember her name either because there were so many names going in the NBA draft, WNBA draft. Um, but Seattle, obviously the defending champions, the kind of team they have there, uh, they're going to be uh, the favorites again next year, I believe. And so it was nice to see some trades go down, some teams acquire some assets, some players that are going to help, you know, round out their roster. And we're probably going to get some even more better games, uh, obviously, this end of the NBA season. Uh, so it should be exciting to see which players really stand, you know, stand out, make a name for themselves. Um, because, you know, with the full set of games that are taking place, uh, this WNBA season. I mean, we're going to see a lot of players uh, really step up, get a lot of uh, attention and shine, which they deserve. And uh, hopefully, it will all culminate in a very exciting and intriguing playoff basketball tournament uh, when we get there. But, uh, you know, the foundation of the WNBA, I mean, as a, you know, they've grown so much in the last year. And so, not only will they deliver great play and show us what they got but they will also continue to push forward with a lot of great messages about you know you know enhancing the game of women's basketball even more and um, I hope that there's more ways that you know these networks will be able to kind of creatively like showcase all of these young players that come to WNBA NBA, and you know go into like their stories a little bit more and definitely, like, I want to see these players step up and, uh, you know, make their name. You know, that's the biggest thing is that not only are they great leaders, but they're, you know, tremendous mothers in their own right. And so, you know, just hoping that everything goes well for the WNBA season, which, you know, kicks off next month. And I'm excited to see what these new players that have, you know, come from college basketball uh, will do here at the WNBA Pro level. Um it's going to be exciting uh, to see how, uh, you know, which teams really make make a turnaround from last year and how do they bounce back and be right there at the end um, when the WNBA championship is on the line. So in this next segment, I want to talk about um, the quarterbacks um, in this year's uh, NFL draft that are under the radar. Uh, and what I mean by that is that I'm talking about some of the top quarterbacks already in Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, uh, Trey Lance. But there are some quarterbacks that, quarterbacks that I think um, are going to be uh, potentially NFL starting quarterbacks in the future um, and you know sometimes they may not pan out that way for most of the quarterbacks that are drafted afterwards but throughout history we've seen some quarterbacks be drafted later in the draft and it's, it turned out to be like a hidden gem you know where teams 
kind of hit on that pick and get you know the most out of their players. So you know Tom Brady, perfect example. You know sixth round pick from Michigan. You know you have Dak Prescott who was a fourth round pick, um, and you know there were some other quarterbacks throughout the years that were kind of like you know late picks in the draft, um, but turned out to be really solid and got a chance to play in the NFL. So I think that um, you know. I do expect Trevor Lawrence, Justin Fields, Zach Wilson, you know, Mac Jones, and Trey Lance to have good NFL careers. Um, but like I said, sometimes out of a certain draft class, only two to like four quarterbacks really come out of that come out of that draft class looking great, you know. And based on what we've seen recently in terms of like where quarterbacks are now, like you know, first round picks. Uh, like Carson Wentz and Jared Goff, how their careers uh, totally are different after like four or five years. Um, you know, anything can happen. And so I think that there are a lot of teams that obviously are looking to add to quarterback after their quarterback room and their depth chart. And there are some names that I want to talk about that I think will end up being really, really good if given a chance to be a starting quarterback in the NFL. So the first quarterback... Um, that comes to mind is Kyler Trask from the Florida Gators. Now, most people were focused on Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields uh, a lot during the college, college football season. Um, but, you know, Kyle Trask in Florida, they were making some noise this season as well. They were making some noise. Um, you know, the Gators were undefeated. Um, and I think that their undefeated season came to an end against LSU. Was it was a pretty controversial game where that player unfortunately like threw a shoe away or something like that, um, and LSU pretty much ended ended up you know uh, beating Florida. And so you know Florida had a pretty good season. Uh, it wasn't the kind of one they hoped for, but Kyler Trask was someone who has been there for. Uh, quite a run there. I think about three to four years, maybe three years at the most, I would say. Um, and he played really well for the Florida Gators this past year. He gave them a chance in almost every game, almost in every game to win. Um, you know, 43 touchdowns, eight interceptions. You know, he's 6'4", 227. Uh, the best thing about him is his pocket, uh, uh, you know, pocket, pocket presence, you know, being be a, be a solid pocket passer. Now, could he be a second-round draft pick? I think he can. Um, the reason why he's not a first-round pick, and just in my view and just based on what I've seen, um, it's all about that extra factor of a, being a mobile quarterback and being able to run different kind of looks. And so we haven't always seen Kyler Trask uh, be that kind of guy. He can make plays out of the pocket, um, but... You know, a lot of the GMs, a lot of the NFL today is in love with the quarterbacks that are mobile, that can move around and do all these things. And Kyler Trask, someone who can do that, but he he is more of a pocket passer. And that is important still in the in the NFL today, uh, as we've you know, seen recently. Being a pocket passer is very, very important. So, you know, yes, he played with some great talent there in, in Florida, but, you know, with Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tooney, the wide receiver. Um, so, you know, he's probably not being talked about you know, one of the top quarterbacks just because of the 
you know, the inability to probably make those kind of deep kind of reads, always take chances, um, things like that are what are, are mentioned about Kyler Trask. But I think he's a really solid quarterback that obviously played in the SEC, went up against some elite competition, elite defenses. Um, and I think that, you know, he can develop um, into a really solid starter in the NFL if given the opportunity if given the opportunity to start um, or um, the opportunity to develop I would say behind a you know a starting quarterback right now I think if you give him a couple of years Kyle Trask could be a solid quarterback could be a solid quarterback for a team um, and you know it's hard to predict where Kyle Trask will go but you know, there are some teams that do need to have more than one quarterback option and so you know I would not be surprised if a team like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers were to draft a quarterback behind Tom Brady you know that wouldn't surprise me either contrast could be a good fit there potentially if he ends up going um, you know you look at the New Orleans Saints Jameis Winston Taysom Hill that's what you're going with right now but if you bring in someone like Kyler Trask, who has the ability to push the ball, be a solid pocket passer in a similar kind of way that Drew Brees was, although Drew Brees was much better as a pocket passer coming out of the draft than Kyler Trask, you know, that's an option as well. So he's a quarterback that I think is under the radar because I think he's got, he's got a lot of potential. And a lot of people don't think that his numbers were... Uh, they, they don't think his numbers were as great... Um, in terms of like if he, if he didn't have those those kind of talents at Florida then maybe he would have struggled a little bit so it's all about like level of competition it's all about the eye test and the thing is that a lot of the mobile quarterbacks kind of come in mind first before Kyler Trask but if he gets drafted in the second third round he could be a solid quarterback who could start probably in the NFL in the future next quarterback that I want to talk about is Davis Mills from Stanford 64212 once again a really solid pocket passer um, the only thing about him although is that he has not played a lot not a lot, not a lot of game tape on him um, so he could be a third round pick potentially or even fourth round draft pick you know he's played about 11 games in two years um, he does seem to have a good ability to be a pocket passer um, he did shine at moments during the Pac-12 conference games. Um, he's got that ability uh, to play. The thing about him, although, is his decision-making. Can it be consistent? Can it be improving? Um, and the biggest thing is that, you know, can he, like, find his wide receivers and be on the same page on a consistent basis? You know, that's the biggest thing for him. But he's somebody who has some really good skills and attributes to his game. He would need probably to be developed, obviously, as well. But playing at Stanford, where, you know, Andrew Luck was, I mean, he's got similar qualities. Um, it's just about him being healthy and available. And, you know, some teams may want to consider just taking a look at him, um, seeing if he could be somebody who could, like, you know, work in the system, work on his mechanics. Um, but he is, he is a very nice quarterback, a very nice quarterback that, just hasn't played a whole lot. He's an unknown. Um, so, you know, there's a lot of things that, you know, a West Coast offense would work well for him if he went that route. Um, so he's a name to watch out for. And finally, the quarterback that a lot of people are starting to talk about 
you know, after the main quarterback prospects is Kellen Mond from Texas A&M. Now, Kellen Mond, um, you know, a four-year starter at the University of Texas A&M. He threw for 2,000 yards, 19 touchdowns this past year, three interceptions. Uh, He's got a very good upside. Very intriguing also because, you know, he's somebody who, if you look at him, he can be a solid playmaker in his own unique way. The only thing about Kellen Mond is that playing with Texas A&M and the level of competition they played at, you know, he always didn't take those deep kind of shots or do those kind of risky throws. And, you know, sometimes you want to be able to be a good quarterback and make the right plays and the right checkdowns. But you got to be willing to take a risk in the NFL as well in terms of, like, you know, throwing the ball down the field and taking some shots on some, you know, risky throws. And so he has a he has kind of hesitated to make those kind of throws, but he has played well enough throughout the years to be like somebody who teams should consider because he's got some good speed to him, he's got some good accuracy as well, um, and you know he knows how to get the ball in the end zone. He can make good plays. His touchdown to interception ratio is tremendous. So you know he gives you a lot in terms of to like the ability to like throw the ball. You know, make plays overall. Like he, he can do all that. He's not the most athletic quarterback, but he can be depending on the system that he goes in. Um, but the biggest thing is that if he's willing to take more risk and work on some other like attributes of his game where he can like develop consistency. Um, you know, he can make plays. Um, you know, when breaking the pocket, seeing those things improve will be huge for him. Um, so he's somebody that I think, like, oh, you know, a team should consider, especially some teams like the Washington Redskins, Washington, Washington Redskins, Washington Football Team, Washington Football Team, the 49ers could consider him. But then again, the 49ers will take a quarterback anyways, so they're out of the mix of that. But there are some teams that should consider him. Seattle would be a really good fit for Kellen Mond. If he ends up there, that'd be very interesting because, you know, he can do well on quarterback design runs but he can also make plays when you need him to make plays and I think he's got a lot of potential that can be worked on the NFL so he's a name that continues to get more traction um, as the draft gets closer and closer. Kellen Mann you know he's he along with Kyler Trask are two quarterbacks that I think they're going to be sought after you know the second round or third round maybe if they go that far Um, because these two are really really interesting I think Kellen Mond has a little bit more upside than, than Kyle Trask does, but it comes down to the right scheme, the right fit. Um, so, it, you know, it remains to be seen how the draft board kind of goes, but I would expect Kyle Trask and Kellen Mond to be like the two names that will come off the board after like Trey Lance is the, you know, drafted and Mac Jones is drafted. I think these two quarterbacks will be mentioned a lot and some teams that are willing to take a risk on them um, and develop these guys, they could turn out to be as great as the projected quarterbacks in Lawrence, Wilson, and Fields could be uh, in the NFL for the coming 2021 uh, season.